a lot of them are using tech, not surprisingly, right? This is a tech-driven generation. They grew up on tech. And so they are using all the technology out there to search for homes. They are really employing technology to get through the home buying process, you know, signing digitally. Technology really is driving their home buying process. Welcome, folks, to a special episode of the Housing News Podcast. We're calling this the 2022 State of Home Buying. We're joined by Miriam Moore, the Division President of Default Services at ServiceLink, to go deep into this incredible report that really puts a spotlight on how homeowners and prospective home buyers are thinking about the housing market in 2022. This report by ServiceLink really goes into the channel choices that first-time home buyers are making, how they're using technology to find homes and close homes, demographics, home price appreciation, all the stuff that we have been talking about for the last several months, but through a special lens that is August 2022 with the specialty that Miriam Moore brings to the table. This episode is coming to you from two mortgage meccas. Miriam is based in Orange County, as evidenced by a little bit of airplane noise you might hear from John Wayne. Uh, and if you're in the mortgage industry, you're very familiar with that noise on podcasts and Zoom calls and in-person meetings. And we are here at Housing Wire HQ in Dallas, Texas, mortgage mecca number two. If you are new to the Housing News Podcast, please go into Apple or Spotify, your favorite app, and hit subscribe and leave us a rating and review. We appreciate it so much. The algorithms appreciate it too and help more professionals like you discover housing news. And before we jump into today's episode with Miriam, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Rocket Pro TPO. In today's changing market, Rocket Pro TPO gives brokers the tools they need to compete and win more business. Experience Pro Performance, the industry's elite training with three pillars. Sales training gives you the skills to do more for your clients. Platform training helps you maximize Rocket technology and process. All Access combines the best of both trainings in a live session where you'll meet your team. Learn more about Pro Performance at rocketprotpo.com. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. happy you're joining us from Orange County today, Miriam. I'm, I'm excited that we get to talk about the state of home buying. T- tell me, like, I, I know today that you're the division president of default services at ServiceLink. Give me a little background on your on your role in the industry. How, how have you kind of evolved to, to this division president role at ServiceLink? Well, I uh, started out my career as an attorney. So I worked for a small firm in Beverly Hills that did uh, insurance, title insurance defense litigation. And so I got into the default uh, industry um, through my experience as an attorney um, and uh, came to work for our client at the time, which was uh, the title company, and worked in-house as a legal counsel managing title claims and underwriting before I made the big leap into an operational role, which I thought would be a lot more fun than uh, working in the legal department. So I first uh, started managing commercial title operations and then moved into default to really build 
a default division at service link that really provides the most comprehensive integrated suite of services uh, in the industry really so we we manage everything in my division from default title to auction to field services and property preservation as well as you know providing servicers a lot of support that they might need with business process outsourcing so really just a, a full suite of services that I manage at, at ServiceLink. Nice. I, I, it feels like for the, the housing professionals who haven't been around for, for a cycle or two, like default takes the most prominent uh, kind of spot on the stage when the industry is going through, through tougher times. And I think so many people's like definition of what default is was defined in, in 2008 to 2011. But default plays a really important role in the, the health of the housing and mortgage market. In, in all cycles, how would you kind of describe like your view of like what default looks like today in a, in a market with, with a lot of home price appreciation and um, you know, like very limited inventory and some yeah. supply demand imbalances, like the market that, that we are in, what role does default play and in, uh, in the services that you bring to, to lenders and servicers? Well, it, there are always cycles, right? And, and default is really a counter cyclical hedge for our company that is really focused a lot on originations and a healthy economy and market. Uh, but there's always some level of default in the industry. We're really committed to, to being here for the, the long haul. Uh, certainly this market is nothing like the market in 2008, 2010. And the difference is I think uh, that, you know, there's a lot of equity in the, in the marketplace right now. So there's a, a lot of opportunity with that equity for homeowners to be able to exit gracefully from a situation where they have uh, delinquencies. Uh, the economy is strong. Um, so we do expect to see a bit of a, a default market this year, simply because we were you know, subject to foreclosure moratoriums for a few years now, a couple of years now. And so there was defaults before those moratoriums were implemented that still exist today. So there's bit there's a bit of a a backlog there of delinquent loans that really haven't gone anywhere and need to be flushed out through the system. So we will see some level of of default here, maybe even you know to the levels of of pre pandemic default rates. Uh, but eventually those will um, be less impactful than than we saw you know. In, uh, in that 2008, 2009, you know, crazy period where we had very high delinquency rates. Are, are there any data sources or, or indica leading indicators that, that you follow or pay close attention to to kind of understand the, the dynamics that might be coming in the next six or 12 months or, or, or three to four years? Like, how, how do you anticipate, like, the volume of default that we we might see from those uh, more foreclosure moratoriums kind of coming offline or yeah. uh, or or other trends that you see in servicing portfolios or origination cycles. Yeah, we definitely follow a lot of different sources um, and and model out uh, potential outcomes. We spend a lot of time doing that because we want to be prepared um, operationally for any you know large shifts in volume. For example, some of the data sources that we follow are Black Knight, 
um, has a great monthly mortgage monitor that we follow that has forbearance rates and delinquency rates statistics. The Mortgage um, uh, Bankers Association, the MBA, has some great data. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great data out there that, that we use to model internally where we think the market is going. Are, are any of those like um, data sources like kind of have indicators that are flashing that you might see a, a wave of default in the in in the near future or, or distant future or like how do you, how are you preparing for twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three? Yeah, what we're looking at is for the forbearance exits. There's still approximately five hundred thousand. Uh, homeowners in forbearance. So we do take a look at what those exits will look like, whether they will exit into a loan modification, for example, or whether they will be, you know, going through the, the waterfall of foreclosure through conveyance or, or REO. So we're looking at, at forbearance rates, we're looking at delinquency rates to model out uh, what the potential impact will be um, to our businesses and to the economy as a whole. That's awesome. Well, th thanks for sharing that. So, but today we're talking about a, a data source that is that is fresh out of out of ServiceLink, the 2022 State of Home Buying Report. Can you give us a little history on on the State of Home Buying Report? Um, how long is this uh, has ServiceLink been doing this research, and a little bit about like the the sample size and the hypothesis and objectives of the study. Sure. We're really excited about uh, the latest uh, version of the state home buying report that ServiceLink launched. We just launched it uh, April 5th, so just a couple weeks ago. And uh, we did a prior survey that we commissioned uh, that was launched in June of 2021. And uh, with the most recent report, what we did is we uh, surveyed a thousand homeowners who had purchased homes within the past five years. And it really provided us with a good snapshot of what's happening in the current housing market and provided us insight into what consumers are thinking about the home buying process in general, about refinancing, auction, as an alternative to home buying technology and just gave us a lot of good generational data too. Yeah. Seeing the trends between the different age groups. Absolutely. I mean, we've talked so much about demographics and our and our coverage and, and research and data at Housing Wire. If you've you followed one of our our lead analysts, Logan Motoshami, I think that I don't know if a day goes by, a podcast goes by, an article goes by where he doesn't talk about de demographics. Demographics are such an important part of this this story that we are taking part in right now. So Kind of at, at a high level, before we get into some of the findings of the, the report, how would you kind of describe the the health of the housing market? And I know as housing professionals, we're all asked, but whether you're at, at seeing family for the holidays or at a neighborhood block party, how's the housing market? And it's a you know it's a difficult question to answer um, because there's so many different dynamics to uh, to the market. And you know there's there's some markets that are great for home buyers, great for sellers, great for realtors, great for loan originators. Like the you know there's a, it's a marketplace. So how do you, how would you answer that question right now? How's the housing market and um, the health of the market that we operate in today? I would say that the market is very challenging right now. The housing market, um, while interest rates were were low, which made it a better opportunity to purchase properties, uh, inventory was very low and lagged behind demand. So it made it very difficult for 
home buyers to purchase homes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows of someone who was bidding on properties that, you know, was, was subject to bidding wars on properties, escalating prices way above, you know, the asking price. So it's very challenging, I think, for home buyers. Um, year over year, home prices have increased over 20%, making it very challenging to buy homes. And, and our survey really supports the fact that it's really caused a wane in the appetite for uh, prospective buyers to buy a home. Our survey said that almost a quarter of the respondents who were considering buying a home in the past year ultimately decided against it. And it's even more telling to see kind of the difference between our survey this year and last year. Uh, because nearly 44% this year said that home buying had become too expensive compared to 31% last year. So you could see the trend um, happening that home buyers are just finding it more and more difficult and more and more expensive to buy a home. I mean, yeah, we're, we, the home price appreciation, kind of depending on the, the research you follow, was somewhere between 19 and 23% in, in 2021. Um, which is, yeah. which is in incredible. Uh, I, I guess to those 31% of people who thought home buying was too expensive in 2021, it turns out it, um, it might've been a good decision, but like affordability is still a, uh, a, a top of mind consideration and affordability just got more challenging in the last, uh, the last two to three months as, um, mortgage interest rates have, have shot up. Uh, I mean, it was one period where we shot up a, a, a whole percentage point in a matter of weeks. Um, so how do you think, do you think that this number kind of since the survey has published is even, um, would have flexed even higher of people saying that options are just too expensive? I think you absolutely Clayton, because I think when the survey was commissioned last year, interest rates hadn't started to tick up. So now you have low inventory coupled with uh, increasing interest rates, making it even more challenging to buy a home. You also have current homeowners who are probably more reluctant to move, knowing that if they purchase a new home, they're going to uh, have a higher interest rate, causing you know them to reconsider maybe even selling their home. So that could have a, an impact on housing inventory as well. So I, I think it's going to be a very challenging market for home buyers. Yeah, the the lack of the trade up sellers and buyers is is definitely a compounding factor to, toward in, inventory projections right now. The last data point that I saw is we nationally had about 1.7 months of, of inventory, which is just drastically too low for a healthy and functioning housing market. So how do you think like kind of the, we, we talked about the vantage point of prospective buyers, are, are existing owners, are they feeling the same, the same thing that like the housing market feels unhealthy or are they, uh, are, are they encouraged by the home price appreciation they've seen in the real estate they already own? Well, we're seeing, you know, an increase certainly in, um, home equity loans. Mm -hmm. So I think they're benefiting from the equity and we're seeing a rise in home equity financing. So they're getting the benefit there of their, their equity. Uh, but I think it is going to impact them with regard to any kind of replacement or or uh, upsizing of homes because they're going to face the same situation that that home buyers face today in terms of higher interest rates. 
Interesting. And how about like the pers- the perspective of industry professionals? So can we know that um, refi volume has kind of has fallen out almost completely starting in Q3 of 2021 and continuing to, to get lower and lower as we get into Q2 of 2022. So how are industry professionals handling kind of this shift in market, lower inventory, um, and kind of think about it from the vantage point of loan originators and, and real estate agents? Yeah, I think, um, I think there's a lot of concern. Um, I saw in your publication today, you know, major layoffs at blendandbetterhomes.com. I, I think we're going to see more and more originators with, uh, you know, publishing more layoffs uh, because increasing interest rates ha- have definitely caused a decline in refinancing um, and even purchase transactions. Uh, in our survey, we, we surveyed our respondents and asked them whether they would be interested in refining this year. And 64% said that they are not very likely or likely at all to refi this year. Uh, This is down from 50% in our prior year survey. So the majority of our respondents are saying that they are comfortable with their current rate and do not anticipate refining their homes. So I, I think that definitely it's going to have a, a meaningful impact to loan originators. So the opportunity is in purchase and like every, you know, every industry expert and coach and uh, bank, bank executives been talking about the importance of focusing on purchase and like you use like better.com as an example of a layoff. Well, I mean, I think we've seen the data and they're a, a refi heavy shop. And uh, so yeah. I, I, I'm not going to be surprised at all as the headlines continue to roll in about layoffs, but it seems like the job categories and lenders those are going to come from are from roles that were a little more refi focused or, or roles that are being, um, you know, underutilized because of the fall off in, in refi volume. So the industry has to focus on, on purchase. And if we tie that back to, to demographics and talk about like the, the Gen Z and millennial home buyers that the state of home buying report points at as being the big, the big players in, in 2022, how should lenders be like thinking about like generational desires in home home buying of the types of lenders they work with, the types of real estate professionals they work with? Because the opportunity here is in Gen Z and millennial first time home buyers. You're absolutely right. The millennials and Gen Z uh, demographics are really driving uh, housing demand, and it's interesting because for many years. We talked about millennials having, you know, large student debt and uh, not purchasing homes and really being, you know, sort of the rent generation, mm-hmm. you know, that they were going to rent forever and they weren't going to be, uh, the, you know, buying into uh, the housing market. But what our survey found is that the demographics are that the millennials gen z are the ones buying 26 percent stated they were going to be buying a new home this year compared to a far smaller percentage for gen x and and baby boomers baby boomers were only six percent of the the market and this aligns with a recent statistic i i saw Uh, posted for the National Association of Realtors, NARS, said that their survey showed that 43% of all home buyers in 2022 
uh, have been in the millennial age bracket. So really, I think lenders have to really pay attention and now focus on millennials who are driving this housing demand. All right. So let's, let's talk. The survey uncovered some of like the millennial and Gen Z preferences. So, um, let's, can we start out with like, how, how, how are millennials finding their homes? Um, I, I, I'll, I'll like, I know my own like iPhone habits. I spend much more time on Zillow and realtor.com than I, than I do on ESPN. That's maybe that's just me as a, as a real estate nerd, but like uh, how are millennial like real estate search chain, like, uh, in technology utilization, how's that changing right now? How are they finding houses? Yeah. Our survey found that a lot of them are using tech, not surprisingly, right? This is a tech driven generation. They grew up on tech. And so they are using all the technology out there to search for homes. They are using it to, you know, research listings to take virtual home tools tours, excuse me, they are uh, really employing technology to, you know, get through the home buying process, you know, signing digitally. And that that is a strong preference that we found 65% of our first time home buyers stated that technology really is driving their home buying process and their perception of the industry. And now we're going to take a, a really quick break for this week's edition of the Mortgage Minute brought to you by Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions. If you've been holding off on learning non-QM until the time is right, the time is definitely now. This is Stephen Winokur from Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions with this week's non-QM minute. Rates are on the rise. Refis are drying up. How can originators replace some of that lost income? The answer is simple, non-QM. As a leader in non-QM, it has been our mission to educate the marketplace since 2013. And now, the number of originators reaching out to us to learn about non-QM and attend our webinars is at an all-time high. With non-QM, you can help the self-employed qualify using bank statements. Property investors can qualify using rental property cash flow, a debt service coverage ratio program that even allows for titling in an LLC. And don't forget about the benefits of our delayed financing options. Non-QM can help you qualify underserved borrowers that you can't with Fannie and Freddie. These deals will get done. Wouldn't you like them closing with you? Learn more about Angel Oak at angeloakms.com. Thanks for listening to this week's Non-QM Minute. So as we we think about like the traditional places that a a first-time home buyer will find inventory. So like we obviously have like the, the existing home market. The, yeah. the the new home market has gotten a lot of attention in in recent months as supply chain challenges and labor challenges have made the 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 new home builder market um, increasingly challenging. And uh, we had Rick Palacios from John Burns research on two two weeks ago and talked about some shifts happening in in home builder sentiment. So I don't know if we can confidently look toward um, new home construction as being our uh, our silver bullet to more inventory in the housing market. It's not a coincidence that we have you on today to talk about this topic. Another place that uh, first-time homebuyers may look to find that that dream home, that that first place to to put a roof over their head, is um, is the default market or, or auction. Can you tell us a little bit more about like the role auction plays in in finding solutions for first-time homebuyers? Sure. Um, you know, traditionally. Auction was a place where investors would go to purchase properties. 
in our default space, uh, auction was a place where investors would go to buy distressed assets. But what we're seeing in the survey is that uh, there's a growing interest from all types of potential home buyers to buy properties on on auction. It's becoming more mainstream. And so we're seeing that, you know, a third of the respondents that we asked about auction auction said that they would consider buying a home at auction. And 11% said that they had already purchased a home this way. So we're seeing that, you know, as I said, it's becoming more mainstream. Um, Gen Z millennials are very open to buying properties uh, in, in the auction space. And there's, you know, a lot of reasons why they, they might be doing that. The, some of the top motivators for finding homes on auction include, you know, the potential cost savings. They're finding deals. So 74% said that they would consider auction, auction as a means to, you know, have some, some cost savings in terms of buying a, a home at a reduced price. Um, they also like that it's a faster home buying process and tying into our discussion about technology, they just like the fact that they can bid remotely and have an app where they can go online and search online and, and just more quickly purchase a home. So, so we're not talking about the courthouse steps anymore, right? <laughs> like what, what, what is like, what is the, the practical path for how these first time home buyers are learning about auction and then how are they ex executing like what platforms are they using yeah so there are many platforms for auction and there are traditionally the the foreclosure courthouse steps you know uh auction opportunities but they can go online uh and bid remotely now in many cases okay. online even for foreclosure properties there's also an opportunity uh, for REO auctions and for FHA properties, second chance auctions, where the foreclosure has taken place and now the lender has the property and is selling the property uh, online. So there's a, a lot of different stages within the foreclosure process where a distressed asset would come online for sale. And there's some good deals out there. It's such a, a healthy component to have to the market. It's, it brings a, a liquidity source for a, a, it brings a liquidity source for the banks who have like REO on their balance sheets or the servicers. But but it's also bringing this new option of inventory to homeowners who feel potential homeowners who feel squeezed out of the existing home market, don't have the time and patience to wait for for new home, and are willing to you know to to do the work to find a find an auction property. I am like a, shocked by the, the 11% of respondents that, that have bought at auction. How, like I, when you talk to first time home buyers, you, you often learn that there is a point of influence in their sphere that's helping them make decisions. So whether that's a, a parent or a family member, a real estate agent, they've, they've get, gotten to know well, a loan originator, they've gotten to know well, who are you seeing as kind of the the most important sphere of influence on these first time home buyers who are uncovering auction as a path to, to finding that, that perfect property? Yeah, I would say our reports shows that um, in terms of our respondents, first time home buyers are turning very often to family members and friends uh, for help in, in figuring out what to do with the, the home buying um, market. Uh, roughly half of them are, you know, working through family and friends to do it. Um, some, some others are really deciding to, 
you know, go to their uh, local real estate agent also for as a resource for um, helping them uh, identify opportunities for uh, for the home buying process. That's interesting. So, like, what, what role can the eight like if a if a prospective home buyer is choosing to go through the the auction path, do they usually have a real estate agent advising them along along the road, um, or like can a real estate agent be- benefit by getting a side in in an auction transaction, or does that kind of squeeze them out? Well, uh, we it doesn't happen a hundred percent of the time, but in some cases, the auction companies will pay. Uh, the buyer's agent a commission for selling a, a property on uh, in auction. So there are opportunities for agents to participate in the auction process by representing the buyers in these transactions. So it, it does um, it is an opportunity for a, a potential home buyer to partner with a with an agent to find these properties. That's really interesting. And, and I, I, with like with auction, are we are we more likely to see re- assets that need a certain amount of improvement on the other side, or like are we seeing like turnkey opportunities for first time homebuyers? Typically, you are seeing properties that probably do need some work. Uh, typically, they are not turnkey, uh, but they do have. But we do have um, properties that are renovation ready, also. Uh, available on our auction side and other auction sites have both, um, you know, what we we would consider more, you know, uh, move in ready as well as uh, distress assets. And, and what, like, sorry to keep going down this one. I'm so like so much curiosity here. What about the financing side? Like, are what, what do like the mortgage op- options look like if a, if a first time home buyer is going down the, the auction route? Yeah, the, the financing options really come into play when the when the um, lender has taken the property back at foreclosure. Yeah. There is opportunity to get uh, financing uh, prior to buying a home that has been you know um, deeded back to the lender in either an REO transaction or that second chance auction that we discussed previously. So there are financing options available. So is that, is that best like executed through the auction platform or with the lender who's selling the property? Or do I just I go to my, the loan originator that lives down the street and like go through like a traditional application and approval process? Yeah. Many auction providers do partner and have suggested uh, lenders on their website that are available to offer financing on auction properties, but they can also go to their local, you know, lender to uh, obtain financing for purchasing an auction property. So is that a is that an opportunity for like the the mortgage execs that listen to this podcast, the originators? Like, is there a is there a path to developing a new purchase channel by working with the auction platforms or or other players in the auction space? I think absolutely, yeah. it is a, a good opportunity for them. Uh, to look at this market and uh, offer financing for purchasers at auction. And and purchasers at auction aren't just buying as their primary residence. Our uh, survey found that there's an increasing 
uh, appetite among auction buyers for fix and flip properties. 31% said that they would be interested in a fix and flip opportunity where they can make some, some quick money there. And then 23% said that they were buying at auction property uh, auction properties for rental income. And I think, you know, the the growing presence of Airbnb and other operators that make it easier to own and rent properties are making it easier for uh, home buyers to buy these as a source of, of rental income and have um, a partner that can help them, you know, rent out these properties. Yeah, I feel like I know more people that are doing or preparing to do an Airbnb property right now that I know that that are not like it is a trend that is um, <laughs> running at full steam. It, it feels it, there's also a kind of a trend. It probably started a decade ago with the really high cost of living places in San Francisco and New York, where buying your primary home was not an option because of just like the the, the price of owning a two bedroom condo in San Francisco. So right. like there's a, there was a trend that started of looking for rental properties or second homes um, off the coast. And it seems like for like the type of buyer who might be comfortable enough to go sight unseen auction could be another great solution for like identifying that Airbnb flip, fix and flip or, or second home that might be outside of your, of your city of residence. Absolutely. You hear about somebody living in San Francisco renting properties in Idaho. <laughs> yeah. You see yeah. you see a lot of that. And and you also see people that are interested in single family rental, um, you know, portfolios purchasing a lot of properties at auction. These properties are really um, well suited to someone who is interesting interested in buying uh, properties for rental income. So another area that I thought was really interesting that the survey hit on was the respondents that are choosing not to buy a home right now. And like one of the, the, the top categorizations of the people who were choosing to sit on the sidelines was a, a wait and see approach. And uh, 25% of respondents that were not buying a home, uh, if I'm getting the data right, said that they are waiting to see how the housing market levels out. So I'm really interested in your view on the relationship between rapid home price appreciation and these prospective buyers that are choosing to sit on the sidelines dur during this cycle. So tell, tell us more about the survey findings and, and how you feel about this, uh, this categorization. Yeah, I think that we found that a lot of our respondents are waiting and sitting this out. A lot of them cited, 28% cited the low housing inventory as a reason uh, not to purchase at this time. But really almost the majority, almost half of, of the respondents cited just, it's just becoming too expensive. Um, and so they're waiting to see if uh, the market changes, making uh, home ownership less expensive. Um, it's a big risk though, because you've got increasing interest rates and you don't, um, I don't see any major changes in housing inventory in the short term. So it is a, it is a risk to, to play that wait and see, you know, game in my opinion. I'm of the same camp. I, I think it's a, uh, for the folks who don't follow this industry every day, day in and day out and understand some of the 
year over year data changes related to to COVID and the the ramp up of of refi and purchase volume that was driven by low rates. I think I think it's a risk and tricky to look at like he- headline data and feel that there's a there's a a near term path to lower housing prices and home price appreciation. While it made all the headlines in in 2020 and 2021, it, it ha- has to moderate, will moderate, and very likely will moderate in in 2022. And what what I in, anticipate is the minute home price appreciation is no longer double digits, the the headline that you're going to see is um, home home price appreciation gets cut in half. The reality is though. Um, that home prices are still higher or stable off what they were in 2022, which, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's exactly as you worded it. It's a, it's a risk for people who are not in the market. Could home prices kind of keep running in a direction that does not make this market more affordable? Right. You just have to jump in <laughs> <laughs> with both feet at some point. Right. Uh, yeah. So one of the other survey responses was, uh, like the, the categorization of people who just didn't have enough money for a down payment. Do you think that there's still like a, an education curve that needs to be met on like what down payment options actually, actually look like in, in today's housing market. And, um, I, I see like the, the realtor and, and LO Instagram and like TikTok videos, like trying to explain that we're not in a 20% down market anymore. Like, what, is there an education wave that, that we still are at early stages of understanding how, how someone can actually qualify for home ownership, even in a, a market that's kind of priced the way we are today? Yeah, I think there is uh, definitely an opportunity for more education on paths to home ownership and um, how uh, ho- potential home buyers could obtain financing. And there are there are different routes to to home ownership. I, I you know years ago. Uh, seller takebacks were a, a big trend, right? Uh, where you couldn't, where a seller might be interested in, in taking a second on the loan and making some money on uh, increasing interest rates. I see that as potentially coming back so that maybe a homeowner wouldn't have to come up with 20% down. They can come up with 10, 10% down and a seller could take back 10%, make some money on the interest rate and uh, everybody wins. So I think there are opportunities um, out there uh, to get in, in in different ways. And I think it is an education process. So as we look forward in 2022, do you have any predictions for how homeowner or pr- pr- prospective homebuyer sentiment might may change as we as we tackle this market ahead of us and go into what's hopefully a uh, an active and vibrant spring and summer home buying season? Well, I think spring and summer are always more active, right, uh, in terms of uh, home buying. And I do anticipate that there is going to be a bit of a push to purchase homes There's because uh, I think uh, home buyers are going to be concerned about increasing interest rates. So I think we might get a little bit of a surge um, in this home buying season. Uh, from buyers who are concerned that interest rates are just going to continue to go up. There's a lot of inflationary pressures on interest rates. And if they're thinking interest rates are going to continue to rise, 
it would behoove them to to look to buy now in spring. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a surge this season um, because of that fear that that interest rates are going to continue it, to rise. One other thing I often think about with home ownership is you lock in the value you're buying at the day you close like that. That's never going to change. You bought, you bought at a price, but you don't lock right. in your interest rate forever. And uh, if we are in a market and people do want to pontificate about paths to lower interest rates in future years, you can refine in future years. And I, I think it's a really important like lesson for the professionals, in our industry to coach their prospective clients to, but also, um, uh, home buyers to understand is like, Hey, you're, you're locking in the value, but your interest rate can be refied. So if you do, uh, want to make a bet that rates are going to keep going up, locking in today makes sense and, uh, lock in the, the rate at the value we are today, which is, which is North of 5%. Um, but if you think there might be a path to the fed, not moving as quickly as they say they are, or, or other pressures on mortgage interest rates, then there's always a path to, to refine down the road. Um, I think that's a, you know, it's a, a dynamic that doesn't get talked about enough. I think Clayton, that's a really good point because there's really no downside, right? Yep. If you lock in now at 5%, either rates go down and you can refi or, you know, you're locked in at a rate that isn't increasing. So I think that's a, a an excellent point. There's no downside yep. to locking in that right now. As, as long as the first time home buyer can buyer can afford the payment today, then uh, it, it is the time to get into the market. Miriam, thank you so much for sharing the insights from uh, the state of home buying report. I, I think this is a, a fascinating look um, that zooms in on this white hot market and some of the trends that first time home buyers are are thinking about. We'll make sure we'll share a link in the podcast episode so the folks that listen to the episode on housingwire.com can can click through and, and check out this full this full report. Um, thank you so much for what you and your your team at ServiceLink do. Thank you, Clayton, for the opportunity to chat with you today. I appreciate it. Bam. Now that is a wrap of this week's episode of the Housing News Podcast. Do me a huge favor and go to iTunes and rate this show. And if you leave a comment, you better tune in next week because you might get a shout out. Thank you.